Ladies and gentlemen, mech warriors and mech fans from around the world in the inner sphere, welcome to the Faction Play Roundtable. This meeting is the first of its kind, and if successful, hopefully the first of many ongoing discussions held directly between MWO players and the developers. The goal for tonight is to work together and discuss options for taking MWO Faction Play in a positive direction. Tonight's panelists have been selected over the last week or so, and while representing many different viewpoints, we are aware that not everyone will feel like their concerns or ideas are presented in this initial meeting. We will be addressing this in future meetings where we'll have more planning time, and we'll also be collecting additional feedback via other channels that will allow everyone to participate. Additionally, we are planning an open mic segment, that's the plans at least for now, at the end of tonight's roundtable discussion, specifically for those that feel like they have something unique to present. Like all of our previous meetings, the town halls and so forth, tonight's roundtable will be moderated, so please behave yourselves and be respectful of the developers and your fellow players. If not, you know the deal. But anyway, enough of that. Let's just get this ball rolling. Joining us tonight, we have Russ Bullock, president of Piranha Games, as well as Nima and Derek, developers of MechWarrior Online. Russ, how are you doing? Doing great. <clears throat> Thanks for hosting this, as always. And uh, I want to thank the um, panelists for coming and everyone who's out there listening. And um, let me just introduce the, uh, the other guys I have with me tonight. You guys have heard a lot from me, but tonight's a very special meeting in that um, we're going to have our first ever round table in, in front of a, a live audience. And I, I felt it was important to make sure that we could um, address the questions in real time as effectively as possible. Um, very, I wanted to have as little, hey, I'll follow up on that type of situations and make sure that we have someone here that can, you know, I can refer to who can answer some questions. And so, uh, first off, I'll introduce you to Derek, who is a fairly new employee at Prana Games. Um, and uh, he's a designer, and he's someone that's actually been assigned. Um, he does other things here. Uh, we have to wear multiple hats at Piranha Games. We're a small company, but uh, in particular, he's been assigned faction play. So in the past, Ryan Boulanger, who worked for us, who um, hasn't since around Christmas time, um, who used to head up faction play in Phase 3, now we're now assigning that to Derek. So Derek's here to really primarily listen in. Um, he's got some ideas and thoughts, and you know, as he's been with the company now for a while, those are I think solidifying stronger and stronger every day as he's playing the game. And but he's here to mostly listen and really listen to what you guys have to say and, and provide his input as we have this conversation. And afterwards, of course, when the recording goes live, he's going to take throw notes and make sure that we track everything that was said and. I mean, I hope that we have some really good, actionable items after this meeting's over. And then we have Dare, or sorry, excuse me. Then we have Nima, who uh, has been with the company for quite a while now. I don't know how many years it's been, but you've been here for the entire MWO production, I believe, and and That's beyond right. that. Yeah. So Nima is uh, an engineer, and um, I'm not sure if HR gives you an official title, Nima, but I, you are the. You know, a senior engineer who's um, senior in, in back-end systems as well as our networking systems. And is that how you describe, your, describe yourself? Or That's right. So Nima can, I mean, Nima knows the faction play systems um, in and out. So when the design team comes up with designs, uh, there's several engineers, and Nima in particular, who is there to do the technical reviews with us. So when it comes to the matchmaking of, you know, faction play and... 
the way the map algorithm works and all the various screens and contract systems, um, he's able to talk to those. So he'll, he'll provide a lot of technical backup for us tonight as we have this conversation. So Darren, if I, I, I think all I need to do now is just kind of set up this conversation a little bit more and then we can um, start working directly with the panelists. Yeah, I'm just wondering, because I did uh, ask the panelists to go listen to the stream uh, during you know this part so they could hear a little bit about Nima and Derek. I'm just wondering, do you want to pull them in now and con but continue so they can hear you live? Oh, I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I didn't realize that's um, the way they no, no. hear. So, yeah, that's, let's bring them in now, and then because um, right. we're basically just kind of setting up the conversation. Boom, they're right? in. Hey guys, okay, just, that was just quick. real quick, guys, um, panelists, please leave your mics muted until it comes time to start talking. Uh, Russ is still explaining a little bit of uh, PGI's point of view and where we're going with this, etc. And we are going to use the X up system for speaking when we do start, where you'll X up in TS chat in the studio tab below when we're ready. But anyway, I'm going to let uh, Russ continue with um, giving his info and then we'll start. Okay, so I think I'll just repeat that quickly just mm -hmm. a brief version in case the panelists weren't able to um, switch over and listen to that so I have Derek with me tonight who's uh, a designer he's replaced uh, Ryan Boulanger on primarily being focused on faction play so he has been getting up to speed with this with faction play over the last month and more playing the game and uh, he's you know got his own ideas and things to offer and but he's here to listen and to really you know take everything that we have today and and uh, help us digest it after we're done. And then there's howdy, Nima. Howdy. Hey, Derek. Sorry about that. That was me. Um, and then Nima, who's been with us for the entire production of Macro 9 and beyond. Um, he's uh, a senior, both back-end systems and network engineer. He understands uh, faction play uh, through and through. So he's here to really provide a lot of technical backup for me And as we talk about these, these design ideas. So, um, so Darren, now I'm just going to just quickly do a little more set up for the conversation tonight sure. and then we can get started okay so um i know that uh some of you panelists maybe not all of you had a uh, your own round table i believe it was last night and um a lot of good information from that i think for tonight's meeting uh we may end up talking about a lot of those subjects it just kind of really depends on how things go i think for us and i believe you would agree that the the top priority here tonight is to really try to achieve what is the primary goal. And the primary goal is to try to think of a solution for faction play that takes the player count into consideration and tries to reduce the number of buckets considerably. And everybody has ideas on how that might be achieved. And that is what we really are focusing on here tonight. I think if that takes the entire time, then so be it. But if we're able to get through that and we feel like we have some great ideas, then we, then we can move along and start to talk about maybe what some of the other you know, secondary or tertiary objectives are. I guess the way I'd kind of reword that a little differently is that there are lots of aspects of MWL that we feel are quite settled in, they work quite well, and and then now we're in a situation where we can kind of constantly iterate on them and say, well, how do we make it even better? Now, I think you'd also agree with me that faction play hasn't quite been able to achieve that yet. Um, we're quite pleased with, you know, 
phase three and all that it brings to the table and the you know the vast improvements that you see in the UI systems and all the various screens but it hasn't been able to hit that point where it settles in we say wow that's really singing along nicely now how do we think about iterating on this or improving upon it it hasn't got there yet and so we're trying to get it there and that's what this meeting's about how do we how do we put the last changes in here hopefully to get it to that point and that's all about that primary objective of reducing the number of buckets so we want to focus on that specifically and I'm going to direct the floor to you guys fairly soon and in a nice orderly fashion we'll start to work through some your ideas now we've been talking about this a lot internally of course and we have a lot of our own ideas but first we're going to we're going to start with yours and we're hopeful that there are some really great ideas in there that'll change our thinking um, drastically of course ultimately the goal is that we can find solutions that work very well within our existing screens and systems you know existing contract system and war planning system and and so forth but we are open to changes that even you know um, completely change those aspects and possibly even throw them out so basically you know we're open to hearing all ideas so beyond that um, I guess you know I think we can get started Darren and I think what we're gonna do guys is we're gonna we're gonna take one of your ideas and then we're gonna we're gonna talk through it here um, myself and Derek and Nima and and try to try to find something that will work for everybody because I think we feel like there's a solution out there but it's almost certainly going to require pretty significant compromises from what people want to see from faction play and in fact I guess the only other thing I'll say is uh, what I'm looking for here is a solution that, that gets us all the way there so the only thing I'm going to be really adverse to is further solutions that only serve to improve the situation a little bit or make it a little bit better or get us part way there and I think when it comes to the buckets that's kind of what happened with faction play even though we used to have on upwards of 35 buckets on average we also realized that at any given moment there was only three four five maybe six of them that would be really being actively contested in a given moment so even though we're down to 10 buckets now um, I, I'll get your assessment if how much you think that actually improved it but it seems on the outside that it didn't change things a lot when it comes to the player numbers in the number of buckets and how easy it is to find matches etc so at this point I hope that our ideas can really focus towards more drastic efforts to kind of get us all the way there and not just part way there or further ideas that just sort of improve things a little bit at a time so without further ado there's a big setup and um darren i'll kind of let you handle that part and yep you know we'll take a guess who you know the panel thinks kind of has the their best idea and can present it and we'll go from there well just to be clear also and so the panelists know russ has seen the bullet point list um he went over that with uh Dima and derek so he's aware of all the ideas um i do want to point out you know my beginning spiel i said you know if this meeting is successful um, which I fully believe it will be, uh, that there will be more meetings in the future and not like a year from now. I'm talking, you know, there'll be regular meetings like this. Um, so 
we obviously just like in your meeting last night, which I think all in told went six hours long or something like that, including the time off the air. Um, obviously, we can't do that tonight. So we need to focus on priorities, um, which you guys have listed your bullet points in, in order of priority. Um, and obviously, the top one being buckets and cues, but also just so everybody knows, everybody is fully aware that just fixing bucks, buckets and cues isn't you know, a complete fix. That's a start. It's one that would make a huge difference into, you know, queue times and a lot of uh, aspects of the game or whatever. But, you know, there's there's ongoing things that, you know, need to happen and can or will happen in the future or whatever. So just everybody keep that in mind. Um, you know, it's it's one step at a time. And, and to me, this is a big step tonight. I'm really looking forward to it. I was there for the entire meeting last night. It got me very excited and hopeful and uh, being able to talk to Russ and these guys today, the same thing. I'm very excited about this. Um, as most of you know out there, my heart is totally in faction play. I love it and I want it only to get better and better and have other people, you know, experience it the way I, I, I hope to be experiencing it in the future. So with that in mind, Russ, do you want to talk about, I guess, should we should we open the floor to one of these guys coming forward and talking about maybe their biggest idea for the factions and the queues and then we can let you guys respond or do you want to say something Russ first in regards to factions and queues no i'd like to start with our ideas because you no know, we have our our ideas and yep. we think we need to go but i think it's important first to work through theirs to see if a it changes our minds and mm -hmm. opens up other possibilities or it you know then that you know as we work through that list it might prepare them better for for our ideas awesome. so let, let's start with this all right so guys uh panelists i am going to have you x up like shimmering sword has done already um if you can see in chat there the studio tab at the bottom if you want to talk it's like raising your hand just x up in chat that means you are in the queue to be selected and at that point you'll unmute your mic and essentially you know come up to the mic and speak your your piece so Shimmering Sword, you are up first, and uh, let's hear it. And Shimmy, uh, uh, Shimmy, real quick, you and all panelists, the first time you talk, please introduce yourselves, what unit you're with, and anything else you want to say, uh, you know, as a as a prerequisite or part of your bio, go ahead and do that. Yeah, thanks for having me aboard. I'm Shimmering Sword. I'm with the Aces Merc unit. Uh, I guess we're playing uh, Faction Warfare twice a week about, so we're trying to keep in it. Uh, phase three definitely got us back back into it for sure but uh yeah the first point we wanted to bring forward was like you said rest the bucket issue and uh i think you may have seen this uh way back uh but you know we come with it again and uh we think the best way to get all the players kind of playing together without just reverting to clan versus is is to uh, turn each, you know, let's, we got the graphic idea here, is Ghost Bear versus Russellhog. And instead of one faction having an attack and the other one having an attack, two planets, two cues, we turn them into one border conflict. Yeah, Phil, can you, can the stream viewers see that graphic? Uh, Phil's got it up right now. Oh, he does. I guess you yep. don't see it. But uh, yeah, so instead of it being trying to take or not take one planet, it would then become a tug of war where, you know, in the middle of the tug of war is a stalemate and to either side is somebody loses a planet. 
So obviously take out the chance for planet trading, but that's not really a big deal. But you would instantly, it wouldn't guarantee half the buckets, but it would guarantee less buckets. Um, so factions would still vote for who they want to attack. The idea is if you decide to attack a faction, you also put up the opportunity to lose a planet if that faction decides to push back should you fail. But if two factions mutually choose to attack each other, you just reduce the buckets guaranteed. Okay, All right. Me, is that it? Is, should we yeah. jump in now? Should, should we say over and out good? at the end of each? <laughs> I'm is just that... wondering if I should explain any more of it or if you have questions about how it works. Um, let's let's see. Let's jump on it. And, um, and, and Shimmering, I think, Darren can stay active here for a bit, just in case we're uh, yes, of course we missed it. So uh, Derek and, and Nima, you guys have the graphic up. Yeah, I'm looking yep. at it right now. Okay, so I'm going to start, and you guys let me know if I'm if I'm missing it. So what we want to try to do here in this exercise is try to figure out if you know if if there is indeed a reduction of buckets, as he says, is a guarantee. So let's start with that. Now I'm going to quickly. I mean, I was earlier, so I'm I'm lot I'm aligned to Lao right now with a contract on, on this account I'm playing with. And I, I noticed today that for that faction, I had up to, I believe I had six buckets. It was an attack and a defend because Davian was also attacking Lao. And then there's the four defend against the clan. So I had six. Six of the ten were available to me as a Lao player. So in your example, you describe... Ghostbire and FRR, I believe, I guess it doesn't matter, but the two factions. And um, in the case that Ghostbears decided to attack um, FRR, we're saying, you're saying that even if FRR had decided to attack Clan Wolf, um, the fact that Ghostbear had decided to attack FRR meant that there's a common tug of war situation. It means that there is a planet that um, is up for grabs for FRR to get should they win that tug of war. So yeah. even though there's two planets up, did I make a mistake? No, that's correct. Okay, so if there are two, even though there are two planets up for contestion, there's just one bucket representing both. And so yes, although at so far I haven't seen a reduction in buckets because FR, well, I mean, FRR has decided to attack, you know, Wolf. So at this point, FRR faction players can join this tug of war with Ghost Bear, or they can attack Clan Wolf. <clears throat> and beyond that, of course, and if, and unless we've changed other rules, then they'll be defending um, the other IS factions against the um, clans. It's also possible that Merrick or someone has decided to attack um, Steiner. So it's tough to do things, these things in real time. But um, Nima, are you seeing it at like a guarantee reduction in buckets? Hey, well, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. And Nima, you'll, you'll be first to go. There's some confusion in chat as to what a bucket is. Can anybody just really quickly and easily for everybody define what a bucket is? Well, I'll, I'll just let Nima take that as well because he can. It's Your go, Nima. Simple. Sure. When we say bucket, all we really mean is like a group of players that are being matched together that really don't interact with any other group of players. So when you got 
someone attacking one border planet, then those people on that planet represent one bucket because they'll never interact with um, people on another planet on another border. So that's what we mean by that. All right. And then what were you going to hand off to Nima there, Russ? I was asking if if he could clearly see. Now, guys, I'll just take a second. Like, These are complex problems. And you guys know, you spent six hours the other night. Like, We've spent must be a common like a combined two weeks in the boardroom all together over the months um some six eight hour sessions and sometimes you talk someone comes up with an idea like this this is a really good example like say me or paul or one of the other designers or someone says hey what about this and sometimes it's a really good idea and we're like hey let's run with that and sometimes it might take an hour or two where someone goes uh-oh wait a minute it raises their hand and says actually that doesn't work for these reasons. And so when we talk about these things in real time, just be patient with us. Sometimes it might take a bit of conversation between myself and panelists and Nima and everyone until we kind of get our head wrapped around it. But Nima, in, in just quick kind of thinking, um, I wasn't you know, definitely seeing like a guaranteed reduction in buckets. Um, I see how that border between um, Ghost Bear and FRR was... Uh, you know, there was one tug of war situation, but in that situation where FRR decided to attack, say, Wolf, then FRR still has an attack lane on Wolf and a, def a defend tug of war on Bear and potentially another attack angle coming in from, say, Merrick and then all the defending of the other clans. Is there, is there a guaranteed reduction in buckets that you can see? Well, um, Shimmering Sword can correct me here if I'm wrong, but let me see if I understood the idea. So basically the idea is if two factions vote for each other, then rather than having two planets on those borders, you just have one. So it sounds like it depends. In the best case, if everybody always votes for each other along the same border, you would divide the number of buckets completely by two. But in the worst case, it sounds like if everyone votes for a different faction to attack, then you actually haven't improved it at all. So you'll still have the same number as we have now. I also want to quickly mention, um, we're talking about buckets, but why are buckets bad? Um, buckets are problematic because if you have too many of them, then um, you need more players in order to create matches. So as a quick example, if you say have 100 players playing and you have four buckets, you should be able to kick off matches in that case uh, four times 24, right? That's less than 100. But say if you had six buckets and you divided your 100 players between six buckets, suddenly you can't kick off any matches potentially if they were all divided evenly, of course. So I just wanted to explain that too. We have a few people Xing up in chat. So um, Derek, did you have something to add? Oh, no, I just wanted to expand on, on that. Um, I mean, one of the reasons we want to kind of reduce the number of buckets is just to kind of, you know, spend less time for players being in queues and waiting up, especially when you compare it to you know, quick play where you can really jump in. Um, that's kind of one of the big things we want to go with, why we want to reduce the buckets as well. Um, Darren, I'll jump in real quick just mm -hmm. to summarize what Nima said, and I think he's correct, and I'm thinking it through as well. And I'm happy to have Shimmering jump in one more time before maybe you take the next panelist. But of course. I don't. Um, I think he might be right. I think quite often you might see a reduction in, in buckets. I think that's true because if the main conflict is between you know Jade Falcon and Steiner, and they're all they're really having it out with each other, then yeah, I think you'd you would see at least a small reduction of buckets quite frequently. But 
it's certainly it is still possible it seems like to have the same number of of buckets as we have today if everyone's voting for different people so i don't think it's a guaranteed reduction in buckets and it might fall into the category of like yeah this could help but i'm not sure it gets us as far as we need to go but um yeah i'll hand the time back over to you guys all right, we got Shimmering Sword up for he's going to respond uh, to his comment, and then we've got Soak, Pakel, and Antonius on deck. So, Shimmy, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's when I say guaranteed reduction, I mean it's highly likely to happen. Like I said, Steiner, Jade Falcon have a history of fighting. Russell Hogg and Bear have a history of fighting. Uh, we could rekindle uh, the Jags and Karita fighting. How oh, and Davian would fight often. Uh, we just think on a whole, most of the time, there will be a reduction. But there's also another side effect to this is uh, typically pre-made groups like to attack. And not only because they have the glory of taking planets, but they know there's call to arms and, you know, let's say, inner sphere group attacking to the clans. They know they can source pugs from the entire clan area. And so this leads to an inflated number of groups fighting solos, which isn't very good for the balance of the game. But if you merge the queues this way, uh, the groups on both sides of each conflict will be fighting in the same queue no matter what. And this helps alleviate that groups versus pugs issue. Well, I gotta say something about that. That sure. is... I'm glad you made that extra point because that's actually a really, really exciting point. I didn't think of it first. So that's, you're right. Um, you'd probably get your groups going head to head more often. So thank you. That's a great yeah. clarification. So, you know, again, we might end up with, I wonder what the average would be. Um, right now there's 10 buckets and any faction is probably participating in oh, five or six at any given moment or can. Um, I guess we'd have to think about that a little bit more to see what we think the average would drop down to. It might drop down by, as I'm going to guess and say, it might just be one, I suppose, because if they're always voting against each other, it really just combines two into one. So you're probably dropping that bucket by, by one on average, but the most common one at that, I guess. All right. Uh, again, for those in chat, because it seems like there's still some people confused by what the term bucket is. It's cues. The more cues, the more buckets you have, the harder it is to find uh, matches. You know, your players are separate, separated into different cues and so forth. So combining, consolidating into fewer cues and fewer buckets allows people to find matches easier. That's my stupid definition of what it is. But uh, anyway, we will... Uh, you know, in the future, I think we're going to have to have a definitions segment at the very beginning as well before we start talking about some of these things. But anyway, I so, think that calls for an infographic, hey? It, yeah, but, some kind of infographic. We will have that. We'll have some kind of, uh, yeah, anyway, next time. So, you still got something to say? I'm good. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm so Introduce I'm yourself, if you don't mind. Leader of uh, Interdiction, a subunit of the Mercenary Star Alliance. And. I just wanted to say that this one idea, you know, you got to kind of look at some of these ideas, combine things that are going to bring the buckets down. Like one of my big things of bringing the buckets down is being able to form offensive alliances instead of just having a, like a defensive call to arms. And I think that would be a pretty huge and, you know, the amount of fights that can be taking place, you know, cause if, you know, Steiner and Davian can form an alliance and attack, the clan, you know, uh, Smoke Jag or whatever, 
together, or Jade Falcon in this case, you know, if, if they were able to enter the attack queue as an ally, it would be pretty huge, I think. Um, do you want to try to give us... Try to give us an example. Just um, I could try to create one for you. I think based on what you're saying, but if you, I can try if you'd like, or if you'd like to give us an example, uh, you, can a little I, more specifically. I give a little bit of an example, you know, whether it be like an automated system that forms alliances, or whether there is like, you know, some sort of uh, just system that you know loyalists can vote on to say, yeah, we're allied with Davian. So you know, the Steiners would get a vote and say, yeah, we want to ally with Davian, or we want to ally with Merrick, or whatever, and and that at that point will allow you know uh, Davian or whoever they are allied with to enter the attack on let's say the Steiner Jade Falcon border so you would have Davian being able to help Steiner attack and push back so they would be able to enter more queues on that or more people on that single bucket okay so um, I meant more specifically on the what, what we're really interested in here today, of course, is reducing buckets. So um, I know that, okay, certainly there could be some sort of screen, whether it's in addition to the war planning screen or something that says some sort of alliance. So you're like, your example of maybe one that's really easy to visualize would be American Lao, because they're right down there next to each other, right? And they're kind of problem factions in that they're down there away from the IS clan border and they're you know they're just kind of down there so if those guys are if they decide to be allied with each other um now or or, or an example as you said with davian and steiner do you feel there's an actual reduction in buckets or just more of a focusing of players into the existing buckets it would with that be, uh... It would allow players to focus themselves into certain buckets instead of actually reducing the amount of buckets. You could focus more players onto certain buckets. Do you think that idea could be taken further? Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna always push for more reduction yeah, of buckets. So, could it be taken to the point where, if uh, Steiner and Davian decided to be allies that the alliance had more details in it and it basically said that Davian wasn't going to attack anyone but would just support Steiner's attack lanes and therefore it would reduce buckets because Davian wouldn't be creating an attack lane or something along those lines that's kind of uh, where well, i'm going it could be but i mean uh, really when you look down onto it you know uh, davian has their own fights to f or would have their own fights to fight if they wanted to you know if they felt like they could spread their forces but you know the the options would be totally open you know they could be in an ally or in an alliance and you know they could choose to go to that bucket or they could choose to work on a different bucket if they wanted to but you know the numbers being on that bucket is probably where they would choose to go had they had the option. Um, Nima, I noticed you X'd up. And just so everybody knows, panelists know, uh, if a developer X's up, they're going to get priority because, well, for obvious reasons. So Nima, did you have something to add to this or are you good? Yeah, I just wanted to mention, we actually talked about this idea briefly uh, earlier today. And alliances would definitely work, but there's a compromise. So 
if we wanted to do alliances and actually guarantee the reduction of buckets, we'd have to do kind of what Russ was touching on there, which is effectively those allied factions become like one faction in a sense, meaning between both of them, they can only attack one planet in order for it to actually reduce the number of buckets. And so we kind of thought that maybe that makes the idea less good because then there's going to be, you know, um, people aren't going to be happy if, say, Merrick gets to fight along their border and Lao doesn't get to fight along their border. So maybe there's still a way to make that work, but that was one of the problems with that idea. So I just wanted to mention that. And I guess that's kind of what I just said. And um, sorry, was it Soap? Soak? Soak. Uh, Soak jumped in. And, uh, you know, and I think, Soak, I like the idea, um, but I also recognize very clearly, you know, the hesitancy that you have and all of us share when it comes to kind of going all the way with that idea. You know, it's sort of like, here's an idea, but, oh, no, like players should still have the choice to kind of split themselves up in any way they see fit, and that includes maybe fighting down there and taking care of Davian business. And so what you end up with is a new feature called alliances that may or may not really reduce the number of buckets. So, and it might just kind of make things continue to work similarly or only better sometimes. And so I, I just... That, uh, you know, if people have the option to go where the fights are happening they're going to go where the fights are happening in most cases it's just they don't have the option to go there so okay and so um i just i i, I feel what you're saying i think just as i said in the beginning i think I'm, I'm trying to find solutions that are kind of more guaranteed reduction of buckets so so far we haven't had any guaranteed we, we our first idea is we have two really really promising ideas that that could the first one will almost certainly most of the time it's not like I won't use the word guaranteed but most of the time it's going to reduce the buckets at least slightly and then our next idea and I you know I'm getting kind of excited here because I'm kind of going against my own advice that I gave myself which was like let's go all the way you know but maybe a combination like uh, several of these types of ideas maybe they'll reduce the buckets enough so I'm, I'm going to hold out hope but I think if we went with the alliance idea I would ask the player base to kind of get on board with maybe some sub categories of that alliance and basically some type of an agreement between those two al um, alliances on how and when and where they're going to fight so that so we can consolidate the bucket and so we got two pretty good ideas. Um, I just want, would like to push those ideas to the point where it, you know, it actually reduces the buckets. But um, we can continue on that for a bit more if you guys want to, or we can we can go to the next idea. Well, I'm going to let some. There's there's more people that want to speak up. I'm going to at least give them a chance yeah. if they still have something to say. But uh, so thank you for your suggestion. Um, remember, guys, that we there is a priority. There's a a, a list. You know, like higher level stuff first like reducing the buckets but again just like you guys brought up last night modular you know doesn't these aren't hard no's it's just that we have to do things in a certain order um and obviously reducing the cues in the buckets is very high if not the top priority on that list but think modular think you know short term medium term long term term goals um you know more meetings like this and and fleshing out these ideas and so uh again appreciate you know, you know your 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 
your ideas there, Soak. And do you have anything? Do you want to finish that off, Soak, or are you good? Uh, we pretty much finished it off anyways. I'd like to say uh, okay. thanks for having us for sure. And you guys have made a uh, beautiful game that we enjoy playing, and a lot of people have a lot of passion about it. So thanks for having us. Thank you, Soak. Thanks, bud. All right, Pat Kell, you are up if you still have a thought Hi. along this lines. It's Pat Kell from KCOM. Uh, the main point I want to raise is that with the tug-of-war type mode that they're wanting to put in, it's not just about uh, the only benefit wouldn't be just even a, a slight reduction in buckets, which I think it would have more of a reduction most of the time, which I think you alluded to uh, or agreed with to on most occasions, but it would, I feel, bring more players into our current buckets. It would bring people back, which I think should also be a focus of not only making sure we can get players matches in a, a good amount of time so they're not sitting in queue, but we have to give them a reason to come back and think, okay, if I go and play CW, I'm not going to face a 12-man of MS or KCOM or 228. I have a chance at fighting a, an equally skilled team. So when you put, tie those two cues together, those two buckets together into one and make them fight over the two planets, you'll have 12-mans fighting 12-mans and pickup groups fighting pickup groups. So there's a chance actually increasing the number of participants in your buckets so the reduction doesn't need to be as extreme. And again, I uh, echo Soak's comments. I love the game. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Um, let's take a minute, shall we, collectively, to talk about that. Just um, kind of. Well, we did talk about that also before the meeting. The, the cool importance of making the game better for the people that are currently playing fa faction play, but also wanting to get people back, right? Yeah, I mean, it, I think I'll take this moment to kind of. When we when we originally designed faction play, um, boy, I mean, you know the, you know, we, we were starting from scratch, and and of course we had some ideas that were very different from what faction play is today, but we felt like that the mandate that we had at that point from the players, and I think it's still the mandate at this point, is that everyone should be able to participate in community warfare. Um, I still use community warfare instead of faction play, but that everyone should be able to participate. You know, solo people, doesn't matter. Just just queue up and go. And so there's no doubt that added, you know, there's a lot of positives that come from that. I think in many ways it's way more interesting than, than like, you know, like a unit-only, you know, glorified private matchmaking type of system. But that type of system would have its own benefits too. So there's, that was our mandate, so which is why we kind of got to where we are today. And I think... Nobody, even from the tone I'm hearing from those here as panelists, it doesn't seem like anybody's ready to give up on that notion yet. Like it's, you know, it's it's working well. We just need to reduce the buckets is what I'm hearing. Um, so let's talk about that. Maybe Nima, we could talk just a little bit. I mean, I think over the years we've talked a fair bit about how the actual matchmaking works in faction play. And we can talk just a little bit about that very briefly to see if we, how much we maybe feel like the the player experience would improve. Well, so, yeah, go ahead, Nima. But I mean, I think my summer would be. It's very random still. So, I guess, based on the fact that the units are always attacking, 
um, almost always attacking? The answer is yes. I mean, you know, the units would bump into units more frequently, but it's just kind of very difficult, if not really impossible, to kind of put a number on that and just how much better it would be. You'd probably get one of those situations where a lot of players would think, wow, this is way better, this is night and day. And then you get some players saying, like, all I do is get steamrolled, and it feels like, you know, the randomness is just, you know, kicking them in the butt, and it wasn't someone else. But, um, do you need, do you have any specific thoughts about that or about the bucket system? Or, well, I guess more about the how the matchmaking works and how much of an improvement you think it might have? Well, one of our mandates early on in community warfare was, or faction play, I should say, is that since we knew there were going to be so many buckets or split queues that we actually actively decided to have no matchmaking. It's, it's not a matchmaking system per se. It's, it's more a first-come, first-serve system with the one exception that if you come later and you happen to be the right-sized group to finish a 12-man, you might skip ahead of some other players. That's the only exception. So it's not really matchmaking at all. If we introduce some sort of matchmaking, and what I mean by that is like skill matching or group size matching, that would almost certainly make the current situation significantly worse. So I, I don't think we want to do that. As for the actual idea of the double attack queue, which is what I'm going to call it now, I think it certainly does address uh, the problem where a 12-man queues up and pretty much attracts a bunch of pugs. I think it will help with that. But I'm not really sure that, um, aside from that one point alone, that there's going to be some kind of significant improvement in match quality overall because there's there's going to be nothing that prevents those types of matches from still happening like a uh, 12 man against pugs or a bunch of small groups that can still happen so nima let me jump in there because i remember one of our initial ideas i remember paul's idea actually it was a pretty good idea but for whatever reason i think the it just wasn't going to work it didn't I don't, it didn't make it in but the original idea was that the call to arms for the first 60 seconds or something like that. Actually, there is some of that active right now, too. or maybe the, you tell me, the f initial f minute of the call to arms would go out to, say, unit players first before it went out to pugs. Um, and then talk about that, I guess, how the call to arms is working. But then there was some initial idea that I know isn't active right now where essentially there was sort of, if a 12-man queued up, and I think now some of this is coming back to me because the original design had a notion where only a, like a, a unit could initiate an attack. And I don't see that coming back. But perhaps, how likely, maybe this is the best way to frame the question, how likely in this double attack tug-of-war thing we're talking about would it be to introduce a couple more layers so that, meaning if a 12-man unit attacked, that we could somehow provide a small 60-second window or some kind of small priority window to sneak a 12-man in there if they showed up. You know, if they don't, then we're going to have to go to who's in the queue. But right now, I don't think we do anything like that, right? We don't necessarily wait even a small amount of time to see if a 12-man will show up or something along those lines. Yeah, that's right. I actually remember what you're talking about now. I think it was Paul's idea. And the reason it was scrapped if you recall, is that with phase three, we went out with the uh, unit queue versus solo queue idea. So we decided that if you're going to split 
the pugs up from the unit players anyways. What's the point of somehow prioritizing call to arms for those? But it wasn't in CW prior to phase three either. No, that's right. It it wasn't. And so when we merged the queues back together, we just never revisited that idea. But we certainly could do something something like that. There's no technical reason we couldn't. Well, we could continue just reminisce about that for a minute. I mean, obviously, people understand listening that there's no promises in this situation. But, I mean, we could. I think everyone would find it interesting to kind of mull that over for a minute and see if what types of possibilities there might be, especially if there's the double attack queue, as you're calling it, um, and there's units involved, and the units are quite active in this situation, we can assume, since they like attacking. Um, you know, right now... Is the auto win timer st- still set to 10 minutes currently, right? Yes, it is. But um, the big change we made recently was that the ceasefire window goes right up until like the last, how long is it? Even just the last couple minutes? It's the last it's five the, minutes now, I believe. Yeah, like instead that. of like 40 or whatever it was before. That's right. And then the other big change was the auto wins just kind of ta-da, happened rather than making people jump onto the DSs. That's so, right. Going back to the, you know, the idea of trying, we're not going to be able to do matchmaking. That's just way too much for the amount of players in this queue. But it, this is like just kind of a poor. Is there any kind of poor man's, uh, you know, matchmaking we can think of to sort of say, well, we got a twelve man here, and we know that everybody in these two factions is on this planet. So, do we dare? Is it a tweak to the call to arms system, or would it be more along the lines of just the the strike team organizer, whatever we're calling that system, that the that bucket system of faction play to try to try to give priority to giving at least a small chance for a, a twelve man to show up, and and now I think all the unit guys will get their opinion on this in a second. But how likely would you guys be to learn the rule and then? wait 60 seconds before you jump in the queue so you don't have to fight one of the other units or, or have a better chance of winning or however you want to phrase it. But I'll let Nima reminisce for a second. But um, Yeah, I mean, we could do all kinds of special rules with calls to arms if we want to because that doesn't really qualify as matchmaking. It's just a matter of attracting attention at the right time or a different time. It sort of depends what you want to do. If you want to just control the messaging, that's even easier so let's say a 12-man queues up against you know nobody on the opposing side then in that case you know holding back the call to arms or rather only allowing other units to see those call to arms or even unit members in groups would be really easy and probably you know end up with those better matches but um in the case where say a 12-man forms a strike team and the other side of the queue is already full of lots of guys and i mean Situations like that, I guess, are less common, but if you think about Tukia, that was very common. Then I guess we could do something in the queuing logic where it's not matchmaking per se, but maybe it scans the entire, the entire set of strike, strike teams and just chooses one that happens to be the best match for the next one that's about to go at that moment. And if there is no best match, it just whatever it takes the first one we could do something like that so if you have a strike team that's already formed and they're sitting there in that wait period that 10 minute wait period and they've been sitting there for like 90 seconds and they're just made up of a whole bunch of pugs and then a 12 man queues up um right now that match is just going to kick off 
Uh, and that's probably the way we'd have to continue because in, in order to, if you don't kick off the match in that point, that situation, then you're just making everybody wait when they don't really have to wait. Um, that's right. But in the opposite situation where 12 men queues up and they're waiting for the opponent to show up, I mean, it's kind of in the same situation. I guess it's what you just said a minute ago. In that situation where someone's already queued up waiting and they're just waiting for 12 to form on the other side, we don't have a lot of choice but to kick off as soon as it's formed. But when there's a situation where, as you put it, there's maybe two or three strike teams lined up and then uh, someone queues up, another a group queues up on the other side, oh, I don't know. Then you're trying to get other units to skip the line and stuff. So that's... Um, yeah, that can yeah, that's introduce a, tough a one. I don't starvation know. problem because yeah. now what happens if you keep getting 12-man drops, then pretty much pugs never play. That's the consequence of that, so it might not be a good idea to go with a solution like that. But just the, the exclusive call to arms, we could call it, is a fine idea, I think. I, I don't know how much it would help, but we could do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could send the call to arms out only to... Um, 12-man unit groups, but I think these guys would probably chime in and say, um, but maybe their strategies would change based on some of these changes we put in, but I know right now, a lot of times you guys will put together groups of like six or eight and then get a few pugs in because you believe that, you know, with your six or eight and just a few pugs, you can still maybe carry that match and get it won, so you're not always trying to roll out in 12-mans, but I guess we would probably look for your feedback on how to design that call to arm system to as long as that feedback was geared in an altruistic sense meaning how do we get units fighting units and you know wasn't geared around avoidance or strategies to avoid or things like that and sorry if I'm you know offending you but I mean a competitive nature takes takes over sometimes with with everybody so um, anyhow, that's kind of a little bit of a mini roundtable in and of itself. I'm, I wouldn't mind getting a couple comments on that, Darren, if some of the guys have it before we move on to another subject. Well, for sure, I think there's a, a couple people that are about to explode anyway. Um, we're going to go ahead and bring Antonius Rex up. Uh, Antonius, it is your turn. Hey, guys. Um, Hello. I'm Antonius Rex, Hello. Uh, founder of Merkstar and uh, the Swords of Kataris. So got a couple ideas uh, i want to just step back to the first point about the the dual attack lanes just i don't think it got mentioned publicly at this current moment if we did the the dual attack lane concept uh there would be seven as opposed to ten buckets in in the game as it stands this second so that's actually not a bad reduction uh off the bat obviously it's going to fluctuate but i just wanted to point the, the seven out based on the current war planning you're saying like the game at based this on moment? the map okay at this moment yes um, so one of the, I had a, a bit of a personal idea, um, that relates directly to the getting 12 mans, fighting 12 mans. What about if a, tw if you had a 12 man unit put up or put together, you had a toggle switch, you turn your red light on and this is, I am looking specifically to fight another 12 man. I then join the queue as a regular queue, uh, member, I, I play it normally, but if another 12-man on the other side joins with their red light toggle turned on, that would pull us out of the queue and you'd get that 12v12 fight. And so you do it from that end. Obviously, there might be some issue with, you know, oh, are you getting to skip the line that way? But the big pro is that, 
I think everyone on both sides, the the pug versus comp aisle, you know, would be happy to see. Okay, the twelve mins get pulled out to play each other, and that leaves the, you know, the, the pugs or solo players to, you know, get at the very least better odds to fight against uh, equal force rather than a pre-made. Now, did you, did you queue up as a twelve man and turn on your red light, or as like a solo player turning on your red light? As a twelve man. Okay, so you queue up as a twelve man and and say you'd like to fight another twelve man. Um, you know, the twelve men still have the option to not toggle that switch so they could act as normal. But honestly, the, I feel like the big meta game at this point are the the sort of the comp teams trying to find each other and get the good games because that, at least in my mind, that's the best part of CW is a close fought match over those. those now, holes. just just a side note, if. So whether there's a toggle or not, I guess, Nima, really the question is, and it kind of goes back to the conversation we're just having, is there a way at times, to, there might be, it sounds like, to you know, get a 12-man unit to skip the line to go fight that 12-man? Most of those pugs that are ahead of that 12-man will be just fine with that, um, I'm assuming. And sometimes, whether they're fine with it or not, we do need to take things into our own hands sometimes and say... Well, you know, this is better for the game. It's better than having everyone upset that they got rolled and say they're never going to play the game again. So um, I guess really the question becomes, can we technically do that in situations? And if we can, then I'd throw the question back at Antonius and say, well, why would I give you a red light? Because if we can make it happen, didn't we just make it happen all the time and instead of just you, sometimes? You could. Uh, you know, you had mentioned some sign in competitive nature if you're fighting for a planet, in pure Machiavellian sense, you're better off massacring solo players because you're guaranteed the win rather than you know 50-50 shot at a, a real team. So, obviously, not all teams are going to do that, but having the option, or or say you're a 12 man, but you're you know like an NGNG solo group that formed a 12 man, and so it's like there are circumstances where I think units or 12 mans would rather not be I mean, we could call it the comp queue in a way, right? Not everyone might want to play in that, and so it gives them that option. But I know a heck of a lot of the higher-end teams would leave that on all the time. And uh, so I yeah, well, you make a good point. Sides. You make a good point about the pickup twelve-man for sure. Um, like here at PGI, we can be like, "Yay, let's have some fun. Let's put together a twelve-man." Well, great, we're in a twelve-man, but we're it's not like we should be competing with the top unit. So that that's I that's. That makes sense for sure, um, but you know the other aspects. Something Fission yeah. messaged me was uh, something discussed. Could a comp queue, like a game with the red light on, be worth more somehow? So you've got some incentive that you know you're hurting yourself if you're dodging the twelve man queue to some degree. It was just an idea from one of the other panelists. Well, it sounds like uh, off the top of my head, Nima, I think. It, Again, I'm still kind of stuck on like, hey, if we can make it happen, we should make it happen. But there is that bad point of the pickup 12-man, which is why I'm still just, I'm kind of giving it a chance to the kind of the red light thing a chance. Um, the, the thing that pops into my head, probably not, it probably based on the, uh, the, tu the actual tug of war itself, um, you might make 12-man versus 12-man victories um, perhaps twice you know, worth two sections, you know, yeah. so to speak, rather than, than one or something. That means that, yeah, you, um, 
when you see those 12 man units bump up head to head, those matches are really, really important. They're, you know, well, really it's competitive. It's amazing gameplay too. Now, I I think a lot of our different modules and ideas uh, amplify when used in conjunction with each other, and so the the dual attack lane combination thing. If you have that and you've got the red light, you've got more instances of 12 mans trying to play. And if you're pulling them out of the queue, I, th I think because uh, one of the other devs that had mentioned that there's the concern that, you know, you'd be sitting in queue forever because not enough solo guys would queue up. But if you've got the combined queues, you know, I think that helps balance it on both ends. Okay, yeah, and Nima, if you guys have a little more to say on that. Yeah, I mean, there's no technical reason we couldn't support this idea. Like I say, it's not even difficult to do. Really, my concern lies more in this idea of starvation, where, you know, maybe you get these 12 mans going head-to-head -head all the time, and that's a good thing, so we've solved one problem, but we actually completely didn't solve the other problem, or potentially even made it worse, which is this red light idea is effectively splitting this bucket again, right? So now you have your regular queue, and now you have your, you know, 12-man queue, which is effectively what that becomes, and they don't interact with each other, depending on how it works, I suppose. So, so I'm not sure about that. If you leave it as an option, though, I mean, they're still kind of the same queue, right? It's just your... Like Didn't you suggest that it was pulling the players out of the normal queue, so the only way they'd get pulled out is if they found a match? Otherwise, they'd be staying in the queue, the, the, the normal queue? Isn't that what you well, were so suggesting? I, like I, yeah, my 12-man ready's up, we hop in the queue, we have the red light on, we're still a regular member of that queue, it's just in an instance of another red light team on the other side, it would just pull us out. Oh, I so see. So you could still be matched up against pugs, is yes, what you're saying. Yes. But if there happens to be another one of these high priority guys, then you know, match with them. Okay, I yeah. see. Yeah, and the negative is that, like, I don't know if you want to promote budging in line, but you already have the 12 mans will lock in the queue if versus an 11 man, or at least it used to be that way. Yeah, the it does benefit do that. being that it it will decrease the amount of 12 man versus. Uh, solo player. Instantly. And again, I think the only way this could work, Nima, is, you know, this is just more from a, I guess, a designer or competitive sense, is that um, we'd have to make it so that if a 12-man, like a really effective 12-man, like a proper unit, like MS and 228, et cetera, et cetera, and the guys that are the more competitive units, um, if they chose to fight without the red light on a lot, um, for competitive reasons that they would there'd have to be um enough of a downside to really discourage that like if they're truly about taking over the planet and winning then they're, they're going to want to have that red light switched on because otherwise they're missing out too much on uh ter you know territory flipping and what about something something as simple as uh if you are a 12 man and you don't have the red light turned on you just get a minus 10 percent to income not something super crippling i mean you make tons of money in cw but it, I, there's no way to answer that without testing but i highly doubt it would just be c bills because you guys are rolling in c bills like i mean it has to be about LP the competitive generation? flipping of the planet yeah so i mean can't i buy think that? It, 
I think, you know, it's it's really about finding the right kind of the sweet spot for the incentivization for keeping that on for as long as possible. I mean, there's two ways of doing it. It's actually putting some sort of limit on, um, you know, you can only have the red light, light off a certain amount of time. And I don't really like that restriction. It should be like a voluntary choice. So um, maybe something with the amount of territory flipping with the red light on it. And it kind of fosters a thing where the people not in the 12 man groups are almost uh, cheerleading in a way of like, yeah, we got these 12 mans and they got the red lights on. So they're really like making a big push. Um, I think something like that is probably the closest way without making the, the restriction useless. All right. Um, in your opinion, Russ and uh, I guess panelists, you can respond in chat. Is there more on this specific topic that we can cover? I'm I'm kind of ready for a, a quick five minute bio break, so I want to make sure we have hit anything before we go out. Okay, so there is still some people that want to get in on this, so we'll continue this for a little bit longer, um, and then once I think we've nailed this particular subject matter, we can take a quick break. Um, I do want to point out again. Because the number of people in chat are saying things that, uh, well, reference this. This is just the beginning, guys. This is the first roundtable meeting discussing faction play. Um, we can't cover every issue tonight. There's just no way. Uh, in, 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 not, in trying to do that last night, these guys did a pre-meeting that lasted you know, six-plus hours, and we just don't have that time tonight. This is a multi-step process. There will be more issues covered and you know, future meetings, again, assuming everything goes well tonight, which it is going great so far. Um, so just be aware, we're not going to cover every single topic that you guys want to see out there. And it's not because we don't care about them. It's because this is, you know, one step at a time. And the, the first most important step is reducing cues in the buckets, but there's plenty more. You're, you're saying, you know, sugar, honey, whatever, sweet things to make it more fun to play. Of course, all that in time. Hey, Darren, um, I, yes. I, I mean, maybe I'm, I appreciate everyone who's out there watching and, and you, everything you said is hundred percent true. Yes. Um, but I think. I mean, the panelists, the way I feel anyhow, I mean, I think the panelists are are feeling satisfied that we're talking about exactly what we should be talking about right now, right? I mean, I think, yeah. I mean, that's that's the way I think, that's the way this meeting is coming across to me. I don't think we're, everyone's sitting here thinking like, why aren't we talking about honey and sugar? So No, 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 I was yeah. I was covering Twitch chat because of course, you know, there's there's people that, uh -oh, there's going to be people out there. Twitch chat. Well, yeah. I do, but I mean, there's going to be people that feel like their perspective is not represented. And again, I want to remind everybody that there will be an open mic section at the end of this meeting for people who have something truly unique to add um, that is, again, in a positive, helpful, you know, voice or whatever. We're, we're not. Anyway, um, let's move on. But to... if, if I can, I, I just want to sure. thank you guys for taking the time to sit with us. Uh, I know from my unit and a lot of the community, it means a really, really big deal. So it's really big to us. And just if they're my biggest goal in this, all of this is amazing. Um, but the biggest goal I've got here is just, I mean, if we can, yeah, sort of guarantee those future meetings and start spending time with the developers, we can get this thing rolling. Uh, but it, it obviously it requires uh, further time down the road. So thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, thank Antonius. You. And, oh, thanks. you know, I'm not sure we put a cap on his thought, but I think, you know, where I stand, um, I think first off, I, I, I hope all the units would agree that, I mean, you've all said it at one time or another. So I think everyone there agrees that if we can get 
Units fighting units, it's better, and we should. And I just sense maybe a small bit of trepidation there just because maybe maybe that's just all stress all the time. And sometimes you want it yeah. a little bit easier. But I think you would, you know. And it's like in, in water or in life, water flows downhill. Humans will naturally take the easier route unless they're trying to do something specific, right? And, so uh, and I appreciate that, but I think you also appreciate the fact that every time – a unit totally stomps over a 12 man of pugs. Yeah, Some people stop good. playing the game or they stop and, and, playing and faction honestly, play. You see it on the other side, it works both ways where, I mean, I've got a hundred guys who don't want to play the <laughs> against the pugs and they only will come for organized CW scrim. Right. They get tired of stomping games. pugs yeah. too. So I guess I, my priority my priority would not necessarily be the red light. I think it's an interesting idea that we will keep and say, okay, there's something here. Maybe there's something here that will work. But the priority would be to the rest of it, and, and I think all the pugs would be just fine with the 12 men skipping the line to meet up with another 12 men. Um, I think, Neem, as we've said, we're not going to hold up the queue or anything like that. But in those situations where it's like, oh, yep, there is someone there. Oh, bring them up. So let's just leave it at that. And uh, let's and um, Darren, yes. do your thing. If people want to talk about that or the next subject, whatever. Uh, let's see. Well, let's get uh, Aylward. It looks like he's uh, he's got something to say still. So Aylward. Evening all. I'm uh, Aylward uh, from the Headhunters of Davian uh, and or Davian. Um, you know, the biggest thing I want to start with is you know, first of all, we're talking about reducing buckets here, and the basic idea with this tug-of-war idea is collapsing the queues on these fronts. Now this example shows two planets on that given front and that was the most popular amongst us when we were talking about it but there were some other ideas around it that might you know also serve to do the same thing. Um, from my perspective I think the uh, tug-of-war situation would show up on a front where both sides had attacked each other whereas if you have a front where one's attacking the other You've, uh, you've only got one planet on that front. You don't always have two. And collapsing the queues makes the attacker that's killing the pugs on both sides turn around and end up facing each other and making the pugs queue up in the same server at the same time in the same planet um, for multiple reasons. Um, but if we have a front where there aren't two, where both sides aren't attacking each other, it could still just potentially be one planet, couldn't it? I mean, that's part of it. I mean, the other part of this is we're talking about reducing buckets from a standpoint of dealing with the existing population we have um, and not also trying to tie in other things that would help with it, like alliances, uh, you know, some of the other ideas we were going to get to related to that, like uh, the other voting options and stuff. Um, all of these things tie together to try and bring more people back into the game, too, hopefully, if we make it more interesting. We clear up the problems where we're chasing away pugs with 12-mans and maybe more start coming back and playing again. And chasing lesser buckets becomes less of an issue. Yeah, so it's almost kind of like a, uh, you know, chicken uh, in the egg thing, you know, what came first. Um, the big thing is, you know, you generally want to, to uh, build from the ground up, have a better kind of population density with the bucket. So we reduce the numbers um, and 
then you know at the same time we could you know we, we got to get that population to a point where you, players aren't waiting in queue uh, non-stop because it's one thing to say oh let's you know add all these other additions but you know if players are spending all this time in the queue and just saying you know i don't have time for this and quitting then you don't even have the chance so it's one of those things where it kind of has to be done hand in hand but that's why this is our big priority no, no you're absolutely right i'm not disagreeing with what you're saying i'm saying while we're looking at reducing buckets you know we're, we're also still looking at you know what's making it so that we're losing all these people to these empty buckets i mean you know the wait times you mentioned it seems to be the single biggest complaint most people across the board ever have about this mode waiting 10 minutes for every match one way or the other unless they get insta drops with 12 mans you know or worse pugs that queue up in partial groups that wait longer than 10 minutes because they never even filled a group um you know, reducing those wait times could go a long way to bringing more people back in right away. But collapsing the fronts, collapsing the queues on each of these fronts, if there is a situation where there's two different planets on that front, it should be shut down to one, one front. You know, that's what we're trying to say as an overall idea is you don't have two planets so that you can do the, you know, organized versus pug slam from the call to arms thing. The only thing the call to arms serves to do is to pull defenders to a planet where it's being attacked by a 12-man. Because pugs don't queue up on an attack planet, ever. And unit or players do, don't ever just click on there. a call to arms. Um, let me jump in here for a sec. So, I think, um, to your point, uh, the wait times are what they are because of, primarily because of the number of queues. Um, if someone has requested we continue to use queues rather than buckets, I think uh, the player base is more used uh, to hearing the term queues than buckets. But it's the number of queues um, that create the wait times that we have because you just, does everyone understand why we have the 10 minute wait? I think most of the people in this panel probably do, but for some of those that maybe don't, it's really a population balancer. It, it basically says if a community warfare match is 30 minutes, you can have a faction with basically one-third of the active population and they can still keep up with the queues and kind of prevent auto wins from happening. So I think with a reduction in queues, and that's why that priority is there, and I almost feel like I've softened my stance a little too much here tonight because there has been some interesting ideas and I'd like to try them, but the, we have to reduce the queues and we have to get aggressive, and it means we might have to give up some things. But if we can reduce the queues enough, I think it's a very real possibility that we can. A, you will reduce the, the wait times because you have more players and fewer queues, and then we can probably totally change the 10-minute auto-wait thing. I mean, it might, who knows? I mean, it depends how well it's improved. You can drop to five, maybe it can drop to 60 seconds. It really just depends on how well we do at reducing the queues. So your other question, I mean, I do think all these things add up to bringing players back. I mean, I would say... The number one complaint that I get is they stop playing because they get rolled. No one likes to get rolled nonstop. And then those that maybe are able to put up with getting rolled, their number one complaint is that they, they wait too long. So those are both things that are, are sound like they're going to be improved by reduction of queues and potentially this double queue system of getting, in, in, especially if we can make units jump the line a little bit every once in a while whenever it's possible, 
you're going to improve the max quality, you're going to do, reduce the wait time, and you should see more pugs playing in the game. But I would like to ask one question of you, since you did mention that you're a Davian player. Um, Sir. If you, because uh, I'm kind of stuck on this this um, alliance idea a little bit, because I think there's a potential that it reduce the queues. And you know, that's what I'm all about right now. So how would you feel as a Davian player if you were allied, allied with Steiner, but in doing so, it had to be a decision between you and Steiner somehow, maybe through a vault system, as to where you're going to attack collectively um, rather than you still attacking into Lao and them still attacking into Merricks, let's say, and the the number of queues have not been reduced. I'm just I'm not very convinced that the alliance system will help much unless we've we had, we kind of make them a collective war planning effort. Well, that's actually an interesting point because from my perspective, if I was going to ally with Steiner, it's because I'm going up there to fight a specific opponent. In this case, that was exactly what we did. We went up to Steiner's space to fight Jade Falcon. Um and that was our only intent, and we haven't fought anybody else since. So we're fighting the same opponent that our ally is by design, really. So yeah, it would certainly. We have no interest in fighting who's behind us because we're trying to attack who we're hitting with our ally here. So we'd get different opinions on that probably, and there's probably some people that say, "No, all I care about is you know crushing Lao because that's what matters to me from a you know a fan lore perspective or something," but. You know, maybe it could work. Then you you would have to negotiate with Steiner. It's like, hey, we've been crushing clans with you for a week. We'd like to go and you know stomp Lao for a couple of days now or something. But the idea would be that that alliance is attacking both collectively. Yeah, collectively. And um, how it would, I, I'd love to leave that up to player choice. I'd love to, I love player politics wherever possible. But would it be too much? In your mind, if we just kind of said, well, yeah, look at the lore. Like, Steiner and Davian are allied, out, they're allies. And uh, American Lao, they're allies. And effective, we're kind of, even though there's still 10 factions and you can take contracts with all 10 factions, we kind of reduce it to eight factions in a way when it comes to queues. And that would help a lot. Uh, but maybe you'd like to change allies and, you know, forget lore and switch from Steiner to Karita at some point. My, my proposal was that you added a tab to the voting screen to vote for an alliance as a faction, the same as you vote for what you're attacking. And I even went one step further and suggested that we should have a tab to vote for what planet you want to hit on that front. And giving, player, giving direction to where you're attacking makes this game a lot more dynamic for the people that play it exponentially. I guess I'll take that as a yes. Um, you, uh -huh. You're in general fine with the alliance being a fairly permanent part of the game um, between someone like Steiner and Davian. If need be. Okay. Well, thanks for your point. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Aylward. Um, obviously, guys, okay, I got a few more of you still in queue, X'd up, uh, Mech the Dane, Pando, etc. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and just call a, a five-minute break here anyway, um, and we'll get back to this topic. Now, I do want to say when we get back, I still, like I said, I have the original queue. Um, 
if there's more to say on this, and I'm going to put this in your guys' hands, if there's more to bring to light, then fine, we'll continue on this subject for a little while. Um, but if it's just reiterating anything that's been said so far, then please let's just hold off um, so that we can move on to another topic per chance. So we'll see. But uh, Russ, you good with that five-minute uh, bio? Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, we'll be back, guys.